Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. And my father said, when I was younger, hard times breed better men. You took it all away. I give it all away. Can't take my freedom. Here to change the game, a banner made of pain. I built my kingdom. Now, you bow to me. You took my dreams, but not my name. You'll follow me until the end. I am my kingdom. And I said, this one's for all pals and O'Neill. Start to feed from the jaws of victory. Welcome, everyone, to the distraction. Confirmed that was fantastic. Confirm shoot our buddy with the with the uh, the morning of Cody there. Oh man! Well, I mean, look, I, it almost feels like we have a great guest today, and he is booked. Connor is booked, paying off the last, you know, the last card open. But like, he hadn't seen that before, and I feel like this. You must be sitting there thinking, "What do I do now? How do we follow that?" It, I'm forgetting the same thing. It just kept going. I, I thought, yeah. oh, it'll be the first two lines. No, keep going. Dang it. Yeah, I mean, I, just amazing I, stuff. I told Connor before we started, I was like, you're getting the full distraction experience today. Like, we got a cold open. O'Neill's going to be here at four for the corner three. Like, you come on the show, you got to know what to expect, Connor. Oh, yeah. Oh, I knew there'd be <laughs> craziness and all that. Connor Casey from Comic Book is here. As you saw last week from the cold open, he's booked. Joseph promised he would be booked. He has been yes. booked. Here we go. Joseph, guys, how are you? I'm, I'm Connor, good, but you call me. Sorry, I, I was just saying, guys, I'm living proof that if you if you tweet your favorite podcast hosts, maybe, just maybe, they'll let you on the show. So keep doing it. <laughs> no, don't, don't tell people that. Don't tell <laughs> the, people that. The thing I love about Connor is that he doesn't do tricks. He just jumps. You know, he just he, he jumps. <laughs> nice. Um, it, it was inevitable. You, you got a blue tick, man. Do you know how desperate Jeremy and I had to attach ourselves to blue tick, man? It was that mm. thing, Jeremy, right? No. I'm oh, not selling anymore? out for the blue tick. Oh, I am. People keep messaging me like, when are you going to ask to be verified? So, never. I'm not selling out. I'm here with the Amazing. commentary show. 
I respect it, but I can't relate. But nonetheless, we got some, <laughs> apparently we've got some wrestling to talk about, so we should probably get to that. But yes, shout out to Confirm Shoot. We did a pre-show of him before this thing here, which went about an hour and a half. You can get that for free on the Patreon. The, what is, what's the link? What's the Patreon. thing? Patreon.com slash the distraction. Slash the distraction. There you go. So you can get that over there. But this is, this is the flagship. So here we go. You can also go to Patreon.com slash Fightful Select, where... Sean Ross Sapp broke the news of uh, Pete Dunn's contract, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Guys, get your super chats in, like our buddy JJ here. JJ says, hello to my favorite big stars. Hope you're doing well. AEW Nitro was good. Honor is truly real with Dixie Carter and not Jeff Jarrett. Love you both. Dixie Carter breaking down the forbidden door, showing up on uh, Ring of Honor last yeah. night. Imagine if people watched it. They would be really, they would be quite <laughs> up. Hey, Honor is real, Joe. You believe He's- that. Listen, Matt, it's a hell of a show, but it's not ideal that I promote it better than they do. It's not ideal. <laughs> they should probably change that, you know? Mm. <laughs> uh, Ricardo El Idolo del Distraction says here for the big stars and Connor Casey. Connor's a and bigger me. star. Bigger star than both of us, man. Yeah, come, on. Oh, come on. Not, not <laughs> true. I, I don't have an award-worthy, award-nominated podcast at my disposal. Y'all better vote for these guys when the Observer Awards come around. I yeah, right, them. man. This we is have a wrestling show. Exactly. This is a wrestling show. No doubt about it. You're correct. There you go. <laughs> we have better angles than WWE. I mean, without a, without a doubt. Yeah, that's not, not competition. We're yeah. not competition with them, man. They're way up. They're you know they're they're down below us too much. We're competing <laughs> with the with the real titans of storytelling, right? The the all yeah. elite fleet. That's where we're at. There you go. Killing right. NXT UK in the ratings right now easily. I think like two people are watching that show. We got over 3,000 watching our show right now. Wow. Is that true? <laughs> I hope <Yeah>. not. <laughs> Why? I was going to say Connor really is a big star. Like, wow. <laughs> I didn't think I had that kind of poll. I should have said 3 million, but that's all right. What can you do? All right, let's get into it. AEW Dynamite last night. Cody Rhodes is retired. That's it. Connor, what your favorite Cody Rhodes memory <laughs> after his retirement last night? My favorite memory was him getting kicked off the top rope and flying <laughs> through the table. It was tremendous. Um, no, you're right. That was that was one of those visuals where as wrestling fans, like we, you know, like we get it, right? You couldn't move the table in position because it would give away the spots. So yeah, but it looked a certain way. But listen, credit to him, right, Connor? I mean, he, if you had any doubt about him doing business the right way, I mean, he did it with Brody, obviously, but like this was foot on the chest, man. That was a sight, right, Connor? Oh, a thousand percent. Like, I I thought my feet had broken up when it's like, wait, he just got up and the kick and that was it. What did I miss? Right. And it's like, no, it's another squash for him. And, and we know we know the score here. We know Go Big Show's got a second season coming up. What do you guys make of the whole retirement aspect of it? Because I'm, I'm, str- I'm struggling with it because – He's made it very clear in the past. He's been like, look, I want to retire at 40. There's other stuff I want to do. So in terms of in-ring action, that that's when I hang up. He's 36. Right. I didn't buy this retirement thing for a second, but it's like you're bringing this up now while your 50-some-odd-year-old brother is still very much a part of this. Yeah. Uh, I was I, – it, it, I think uh, – who was it? Palowski made some great points about it last night where it could tie into, oh, he's trying to be magnanimous after the loss. And then Malachi runs back in and says, no, you freaking don't. You don't get to have this moment. This yeah. was about me. And maybe you can play that into it. That That's the best I'm hoping for. 
I don't know, Jeremy, you got any strong... I, I, I think you know, like I mentioned a little bit before we got on the air here, I have a pretty... I think my perspective on this is different than the, like, majority. But, Jeremy, what, what about you? Where are you at on this first? I thought he was going to NWA. I thought he was going to be like, you know what? I've done everything I can do here in AEW. NWA 73 is coming up. Like, there you go. Nick Aldis, let's go. Let's okay. do this rubber match. This, this, is, this might make me sound like an idiot, but I was confused by this line. He says, I wanted to win back the title that they took from my dad at the Garden. I'm like, was he talking about the NWA heavyweight title? That well, he didn't I lose think, it at the Garden. I think he was referencing like Dusty's bouts with um with superstar billy graham i think okay. the garden. Okay. i think that's what he was going for or he may have just meant in the sense they would never make him the champ because obviously he was dusty i, like, I don't know if it was if it was direct or not, but i i've said on this show that i think cody sees himself differently than most do in a positive way for once and there's negatives to that too but i really believe that in cody's mind he had his top guy run with New Japan and it's sorry, Ring of Honor and a, you know, a little bit of New Japan too, right? He was a top guy there because right. because of basically his political cachet. I think he sees this promotion as bigger than any title he could win in the ring. And while I think he will wrestle a few times a year at least for the next decade and more, I do think he like look, man, let's be real about this. Look at that roster now compared to when it started, and then imagine what it's gonna look like in two months. Like I think Cody's self-aware enough to realize that he probably, at this point in the game, I think he's comfortable stepping back. Now, what I'll say is the Dustin point is a great one because I always remember Dustin saying, he goes, listen, I'm a talent. I like coaching talent. I like being talent. Cody loves that office stuff. I never liked that. Mm-hmm. And that tells you a lot about Cody enjoys the rush of getting a TV deal over the line. He enjoys the rush of getting talent in the, in the door. I'm not saying he's done. He's going to work Malachi Black again. I assume in you know three months, six months, whatever it may be. Yeah, I think he's further away from putting himself as the guy on this show than people realize. I thought that beforehand, and the result of that was, guys. To be frank, I have no shame in it. He kind of he kind of worked me here. I I really thought he was pretty striking television. Like not that I didn't. Think, I thought something was going to happen. What I mean by that was so often in wrestling, we know the playbook, right? Oh, they're they're going to do this. This is going to happen. I was sitting there waiting. It was uncomfortable. It was, it was, you know, and, and I salute. That was strong TV. Even if I always knew there was a twist, the question is, and this is probably the bigger topic you, you touched on, Connor. The question is, was the twist simply a case of, hey, Cody's going away for a bit. Let's make sure Malachi gets the last laugh anyway. Or was it a renege on what he said before? That's what we'll, we'll, I guess we'll find out. But right now, instincts here, Connor, when will Cody next wrestle? I, I hope he's gone for longer than the uh, the Brody match. Yes. Because as much as I love the dog collar, that whole angle, it felt really quick yes. for how soon he was gone and then how quickly he came back and the hair and, oh, I'm trying to make this a, a, a Reign of the Superman reference, which nobody got. I didn't get, and I'm the comic guy. Um, <laughs> I, I would hope he's back leading up to Double or Nothing next year because we talk about yeah. – the the free agents that may or may not be coming in and that wave's all going to come here between now and full gear and they kind of like to look at their year in these these quarterly chunks where they'll start building up the next group of storylines after the big pay-per-view i think that's when he starts coming back around if not right after the first of the year right before it that's my mm-hmm. kind of makes sense what about you jeremy 
Uh, I've seen people say they, they're returning to Jacksonville end of the year, December 29th, I believe. Right. And, and people are saying like, oh, this is like kind of like their Starcade. One final show before the end of the year back in Jacksonville, which is their home base and everything. So people have kind of said like, I think this is where Cody returns. I think he's off until at least then. Like you said double or nothing, Connor. I was like, oh, wow. Like that that seems like very far away. And I'm for it. Joseph, you made up a, uh, a good point of Cody's position in this universe, in, in the AEW universe right now is, you know, before he was the top baby face, maybe number two behind John Moxley, right? Like now it's like you got Moxley still there. Eddie's on a roll. Darby's been boosted. You're bringing in potentially Punk and Brian. That's five guys. Yeah, Hangman's been boosted. Like, that's five, six guys where it's like Cody just isn't at the top of that list anymore. And I don't think he wants to turn heel. I I really don't think he wants to turn heel and kind of roll in with the elite guys and then go back on not getting a title. He's been very adamant of, like, I'm not challenging for that title. They did that stipulation for the reason. And Go ahead, Connor. So my thing is I think he underestimates – the fact that there is a there is a storyline worth telling where he turns heel, wins that world title, and is the number one heel in the company for a bit. Right. There's money to be made there, and I think they're leaving it on the table. And I also think that's part of why he's we talked about it off air, the whole Cody verse thing, how he's very much in this own bubble. I think that's kind of self-imposed because he goes, Well, if I can't wrestle for the world title, why am I interacting with anyone? Yes that could possibly be involved with that. I, I feel like he's holding himself back in a few right. minutes. Well, I actually agree, and I think people believe we're insane for saying that because the perception around Cody, and some of it, look, this this be real about this. Cody is a guy that in his own presentation earns the reputation of a dude that loves the center of attention. That's fair, mm. but there's, there's more to it, and it doesn't have to be black and white, and it's like, that's hilarious to say that after the whole <laughs> Another Club Black feud was like, I wear white, you wear black. If you didn't get that one out, folks. Three on fire and lights. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that was amazing. Though. So I, I agree with you, Clive. This is where with AEW, and I have to kind of retrain my mind on this too because it's not been this way in a non-WWE promotion for over 20 years. There are some money stories that are just not going to get told, and that's a shame. Like, So, for example, everyone knows I'm a Kingston guy. I don't know if you can reasonably do the, Kings, the story of Kingston winning the big one with this roster. I don't. You're getting CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. But that that's a, a good problem to have. So when you look at Cody as a heel, you and I, you know, me and Jeremy, I think, with us, we go, man, imagine that. He sells his soul. It gets FTR and MJF maybe with him or some other faction. But in, in fairness, I could say to that, but what if we do that with MJF? What if we have Miro as the world champion? What if we have Malachi Black as world champion? Now, the key to that is they're the guys you want to keep happy because they're the talent that isn't EVP. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is a thing that's developing, and I really believe people can laugh. I may be proven completely wrong on this. I really think when this super elite thing ends, Kenny and the Bucks are going to do a similar thing. I really believe that, man. I don't think Kenny intends to be vying for best wrestler in the world awards after this run. His body is such that, like, you're going to see him on the show. He's a top guy. Yeah. To me, these are just the runs they feel like they needed to have, and they're going to make some guys at the end of it, and then, like... A new year is probably too strong. It's such a young promotion. But, like, I, I just think people underestimate how many stories there are to tell, if that makes any sense. And maybe Cody is too far that way where he's cutting himself off. But, like, 
listen, man, I'm in on Mirror being world champ. You know, I'm in on uh, even Andrade starts clicking. He's the same thing. So there's so many options that maybe the EVPs go, look, we're covered already. We've done our job. We've won our game. You know, my my only counter to that right. is that they kind of had that attitude there in the first 18 months or so. Yes. And what was the big complaint? It was, hey, we we tuned into this show because we like Cody. We like the elite. Absolutely. We like Kenny. Why aren't they being pushed? Mm-hmm. Like these top guys, and they—they've all openly admitted it. They resisted the idea of the Bucks winning the tag titles, of Kenny, you know, doing what he's doing now. And then when they pull the trigger on it, look at look at that—we're in the hottest period this company has seen so far. I don't yeah, know if we're for out today, but yet, but it's probably going to hit a million again. Yeah, and that's where you get into this thing of like, will it be easier to do it this time with their roster where it is now? So look, I talk a lot about how a lot of us mention that kind of um, that period before Revolution 2020 as being like a golden TV run. Remember when they did the Atlanta show with the cage match? A lot oh, yeah. of us were like, oh, man, they're clicking. And then the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. To give you guys some perspective, Revolution opened with Dustin Rhodes versus Jake Hager. Brother, that match is like, you're, like, if that gets put on Dynamite, we're like, man, you know, it's that roster, it's not even a turnover because no one's really left. It's mm-hmm. just a case of like, with each all elite graphic <laughs> that hits our feed, you don't realize collectively this is a monster they're building here. Like, this is one of the great rosters. So I, I think you're absolutely right. I just think, you know, transitioning from Cody or Kenny to Punk and Brian, now that's, I mean, that's some big players. So it'll be interesting to follow, though, for sure. Is there blowback if, because Connor mentioned it, of when, when AEW started, people were like, well, we want the elite guys on top. This is, this is their promotion. This is who we want. And they, they resisted that they finally got on top. They're having a great run. I feel like personally, they've built up the roster and meet these guys enough to where like once, cause I know you've been adamant that Joseph, that like once the bucks and Omega lose their titles, that they're just going to disappear for a little bit. Have they built up the roster enough to where, all right, if Cody's gone, if the uh, young bucks and Omega are off television and it is Moxley, Kingston, Hangman, Punk, Brian, are people in Darby, Miro, are people going to be like, all right, well, where are the elite guys? I'm, uh, these are too many ex-WWE guys, whatever it might be. You know that's going to be a complaint. It always is. Is going to be, there's too many ex-WWE guys. I need the elite guys back. Or have they established it enough? Like, these aren't really ex-WWE guys anymore. Like, these guys are so hot right now that they're just kind of on their own. Connor, I apologize for jumping ahead here. But I have to say... To give you perspective on how, like, listen, I don't want to make this a fed bad show. Everyone knows I'm done with those conversations. But, like, Malachi Black, to me, and I think he would co-sign this, I think he did something more significant last night than he did in two years on the main roster. To me, he's already an AEW guy to me now. And he says himself, he'll talk a lot about it. And I know people scoff at his interview, but there's stuff in there worth listening to. He goes, NXT was great. I felt there was a purpose to it. He goes, the main roster, I was just doing stuff, man. Like, one week I'm doing this, one week I'm doing that. There was no reason. There was no kind of progression. That's the thing. You can so easily reframe these guys as AEWs. Now, I'll say, by contrast, I think Andrade needs to get going. I don't know what they're doing with Andrade. He's kind of being booked as a, like, a guy they don't want to wrestle. And it's like, for his whole career, he's the opposite of that, right? Like, you get in the ring, you let him do his thing. So, I think if you do creative, like, to me, the idea of Moxley being an ex-WWE guy at this point is like, well, he's, just, so he's just Dean Ambrose with you know, <laughs> exactly head. right. That's really a thing that we hear. I mean, <laughs> I have to say, guys, in fear of transitions away from Cody here, to me, that six man last night was peak TV wrestling in the sense that you knew the result 
And it was just, here are some guys you love kicking ass. And you got to see these other guys that just turned up in the territory and they were themselves. Like, I think execution is everything, man. And to me, this all of these guys feel like AEW. I don't know if you agree, kind of like to me, it's just like they're here now. They're part of the system, you know? Yeah, that was as fun of a squash match as I've ever seen. Yes. It, it, <laughs> it, it just it, it nailed every note they were playing. I love – you know, you got a guy like Garcia who, if you if you listen to John Alba talk for more than five minutes, he will bring this guy up, and it's somebody that's like, yeah, they they need to get sign him with a quickness. Uh, and Ever Rise, you know, two point is always funny, but yeah. just to see Darby, Mox, Eddie just shine and, and each get their own little, little highlight spot, and then they're all standing there with Sting just doing the like. <laughs> you you can't replace that. It's and I'll steal. I was I was tempted. To uh, to write a feature similar to what Joe Holbert can often be found writing, and it was the wrestling world right now feels like a party. So why is Raw so boring? Why why does the rest of the wrestling world right now feel like this big celebration, all this fun energy, and Raw just doesn't have that, and it, it, it's so inexplicable. And Dynamite last night was a perfect example of that. Yeah, it's, had- it's not. Go ahead, Joe. Well, I mean, we had last night an NWA women's title eliminator. Like the NWA women's champion was there. Camille was there. The Impact tag team titles are going to be defended next week on the show. Uh, you, you've got New Japan guys showing up randomly. Like, yeah, it does feel like Dynamite is just kind of friggin' Juventud Guerrera straight out of 90s WCW is wrestling yes. in the opener. Like, yes, it is just, hey, if you, we, we've said this many times on the show, like, if you're just like looking for anything, whether it be nostalgia, whether it be something from a different company, like whatever it might be, you'll probably find it on Dynamite. And it does. It does just feel like a celebration of wrestling there, a lot of times. There's your answer, man. And I was going to go the exact direction you went, Jeremy. It's like what they've done here, and it isn't going to show in the ratings. It just shows in our enjoyment of the show, I think, this particular thing. Obviously, the ratings are going well, but this is like a very individual thing. that I, Those of us that have covered wrestling and watch it all the time know is like WWE's thing has always been we're our own universe. And AEW's reaction to that after about a year was, okay, sure, well, we're going to be the center of the wrestling world. Mm. And in my mind, this is not for everyone, I can't speak for myself, to me that's created a system where like, even though SmackDown is much more critically acclaimed than Raw, all of WWE stuff now does feel like isolated. Like they've taken themselves out of the game almost, you know? Yeah. And you have this thing where, as Jeremy mentioned there perfectly, like, dude, we go from Tanahashi to Meng one segment after the other. I mean, it's it feels like, you know, you see wrestling party. Yeah, it's like a festival. Sting's in there with Eddie Kingston. No one really knows why. Who cares? You know, they wrestle 2.0. It's vibrant and energetic and open in a way that WWE just frankly, with the way their system works, it can't be that way. It just can't be. WWE doesn't even connect their own universe. You have the NXT right. champion. Yes, <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Keith Lee on Raw. Like, that, they don't that, even connect their own universe. That was right. kind of why I was hoping Jack Crosby would be here. Because I, <laughs> I have some words for him about a certain NXT champion. We can get into that. I actually, I'm interested because in, like, I'm, I'm further distance from it all than, than you probably are. Yeah. I watch NXT each week because I love Smojo and I just, I'm happy to see him back in the game. And I, I, you know, I really truly mean that. I would suggest, Connor, that it's not ideal that his whole thing is he has to slay the unbeatable champion and that mm. champion has been beat twice on TV. But I am, you know, merely a bystander here. What is your thoughts on that whole thing? Because I'm genuinely interested. Yeah. So Cross, <laughs> Cross never did it for me. I was, 
I, I watched bits and pieces of him when he was in Impact as Killer Cross. It seemed fine. I felt bad for him regarding that whole situation of him trying to get out of the company. And then when he did, it's like, okay, cool. What do you do now? Oh, I'm going to NXT. Okay, sure. Give it a shot. And it's funny how they've had their own wrestlers on their own show point out his shortcomings in that it's it, for a show that helped Edge said it best in a promo and then had a stare down with Cross. It's like, in this brand, we care about that second W in WWE. Right. And here you are being all pomp and circumstance. And no real, no real, what's the substance to back it up? Yeah. And I, I think if I, it kind of clicked with me, not so much at the In Your House five way, but right after, it's that he doesn't sell. He doesn't sell when any of his opponents try to hit him with moves. And when people say, okay, what's the best carry and cross match? Oh, it's the Finn Balor one, where he actually sold when Finn tried to kill him. This is where I I completely agree with that critique, but this is where I wonder about their like system. Okay, because we know we hear the interviews. Sometimes what happens is he may be attached to Michael Hayes or Terry Taylor, or whoever, I don't know, I don't know who it is, but, and they may say, listen, don't sell for Gargano, he's too small, you know, like, just do a stagger, get back, and sometimes what happens is they have all these different people pulling in different directions, you know, and you'll hear this stuff, like, I remember vividly Batista talking about how they told Brian after Mania to not sell the night before, like, to not sell the fact that he had two matches, and he was like, he wrestled Triple H, Randy Orton, and Batista, and, and I sit there and say, why the hell wouldn't you have him sell? Well, they wanted him to do the yes thing. So sometimes that stuff is like a self-inflicted wound. Now, I will say, equally likely, Connor, is, as you kind of referenced there, like he's just not – I mean, NXT has had these wonderful workers and these incredible – he's just not that guy, and that's fine. The issue with that is he was an NXT champ that was almost hand-picked as this is one that will work on the main roster. And, I mean, we're three weeks into that thing, and that appears to be <laughs> a complete wasted. So I guess the next question is, and, Jeremy, you can hit this up, you know, I don't know if you're even interested in it, but, like, I keep circling this Samoa Joe match, and I'm just like, no one loves Samoa Joe more than me, man, but I, I don't know if this is the answer. Like, what do you think, Jeremy? Am I, am I wrong on this? And you, you asked this, I think, on Twitch, Joseph. Maybe it's yeah. private. Now I'm bringing it up here publicly. Uh <laughs> You're know, like, do you think like Samoa Joe like watches Raw and it's just like, hey, I'm about to face this guy in two weeks. Like, can we not beat him in 30 seconds? So this this title victory or his victory over me means a little bit more. And like, I personally don't think Joe watches and, and cares and uh, is is part of that. They probably just think uh, NXT is its own little universe. And again, that's the disconnect that is there of like. We have the NXT universe, which is different from the WWE universe. So what you see on Raw, which is seen by more people, doesn't actually matter on this little lesser, this little uh, vanity brand that, that Paul is running down there, uh, which, you know, not good. Not good. Like if, if the NXT right. champion is going to come out and he's going to wear the title, if you don't want it to matter, like don't have him wear the title. Don't put the logo and the graphic and, and everything up there. Just have him come out, have him lose and act like he's just some new guy you've never heard of before, whatever. But you're wearing the title, you're doing the logo, you're sort of referencing it on television, and then you're beating him. I have the interest in this match is just it's Samoa Joe's return, right? It has nothing actually to do with, hey, cool, Samoa Joe, Karrion Cross, NXT, 
championship. And I was not as down on Cross as a lot of people like when he first signed. I thought there was some good stuff in Impact. I thought if you booked him correctly as kind of this like silent killer kind of guy, I thought he could be very good. They did the weird stuff with the uh, entrance and then, oh, I'm an MMA guy and she gives me powers and all of that. Jack Crosby had the out of the world idea that apparently is legit and, and they wanted to go with this real thing where he keeps losing until Scarlet comes up to the roster. And, Jack Crosby's writing the shows, which God, and God my, only my, knows. my counter to that argument is uh, whatever happened to first impressions? Because yeah. if that Jeff Hardy match was the first time you had seen Cross in a ring, and according yeah. to how big the audiences are, that's quite a few number of people. He's not yeah. nothing special. He's a guy that, oh, he can lose via roll-up like anybody else on this roster. Yeah, and this this is the funniest part is like, I agree with the broader kind of point that, yeah, man, like just beating everyone's boring anyway. But in some cases, like, listen, to, dis- to disregard the idea of a big bald guy beating everyone for a couple of years when Bill Goldberg keeps getting brought back, like, I don't think you can do it. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you, my God, Jeff Hawkins is in here. That seems bad. Um, what's he doing watching this terrible show? I, at the end of the day, some guys you need to protect. And sometimes those are the guys that can make you some money. Now, look, frankly, my read on Cross is he's not a guy that's going to – I just don't mean he's that guy. But, like, you could even use Keith Lee as an example, right? So I just um, – I, I, my instinct – when that match happens, man, I'm going to be sitting there rooting for Joe like I'm a, you know, an old woman at a Crockett show. I'm going to be there ready to go. But I just – I don't know if when you're trying to – Let's be real about it. NXT has been put deeper in a hole by this whole thing. It's a saga now, and it's what everyone's talking about. When you're trying to pull it out of that and resurrect it, as much as we all love Joe, you know, he was the NXT champion five years ago. But we can't, you know, he's not wrestled in over a year. So I just, I wonder about the whole thing, but we've probably talked about NXT enough, so my I, bad. But it's I, it just, it's I, interesting. Go ahead. I know, I know, I know it's banned. I'm sorry I'm breaking the rule, but I you're feel fine. like the Joe match, I'm not very concerned or even that interested in how the match is bell to bell i'm more concerned about if this is how you get the belt off cross and you put it back on joe does this get nxt out of the funk that has very obviously been in for a while because as a brand you can only go so far with one identity when your top guy is the opposite of that joe takes you back into the world where no it is substance over style and he's got plenty of both and any any match he's gonna have now is exciting. And whoever legitimately like walks up and says, Hey, I want to challenge you. Oh, that's a match I want to see, not oh, Cross is gonna fight Kyle. Poor Kyle. Yeah, so this becomes the bigger question, right? So this imagine so we leave SummerSlam weekend with Joe's champ. Okay, that's fine. Who do we because Joe is merely a stock, he's like a bridge, right? Like you need to then pick a guy. And look, as much as I love all these dudes, I don't think, you know. Circling back to Johnny or Champa or even Cole, frankly, is the answer. Well, you, they might not you, have that option. Yeah, well, yeah, we can get into that. But I mean, do you pick Kyle O'Reilly or do you go like Swerve? Do you go Santos Escobar? Like, you, it feels like you got to roll the dice at some point, man. That's what NXT was all about, you know, making yeah. guys. I think that's how you get Kyle the title finally because he's yeah. he's just been in that picture for too long for tonight. You could talk me into. Champa going back to god tier level heel right. and getting the title one more time because it has always bothered me how we never really capitalized on that again. For us, mm. that was the hottest era of NXT, and definitely yeah, he I comes agree. back and it's like, and we just kind of forgot that he was the best thing going. 
And yeah. now he's messing around with Thatcher, which, you know, good on him. They're having good tag matches, but this is not what you could be. Yeah, it's that, it's that whole thing was weird because, so correct me if I'm wrong on this, but he came back when they were on USA, right? He was back from injury at like the start of 2020. I, I was there the night he came back. It was that October 29th legit head-to-head with Dynamite. Okay, so there you go. So well, he's a real victim of them not being able to plan out tapings because I remember at one point, and we spoke about this on a show not long ago, like he turned heel. And like beat up a baby face and was like, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of be this like bitter old guy on, on XT. And then he feuded with a heel, so he just became a baby face. And like they do mm-hmm. this stuff all the time. Dude, and and you know what, honestly, as much as we've had fun about banning XT, I actually like the show, and that's why I'm happy to talk about it. I think it's a good show. But there are little things they do, like, you know, hit row. I pointed out a few weeks back, I said, you're gonna need a flipping baby face, because there's no one else in the show that's cool, that's cool as them or as interesting as them. Flip them. Mm-hmm. And their way of doing that is always just, well, we'll just put them against heels. And it's like, <laughs> at some point, you end up with a show where everyone's a, like a bad guy. You need to have some sense of morality. And that's what, I mean, to me, listen, I'm all for Shades of Grey and Bob, Bob O'Neill loves the tweet where he explains that there's, you know, no baby face in heels. But like, listen, mate, you need some sense of heart and soul. You know, you need a guy that like the audience senses is a good guy. That is so far gone from that product. Or, it or just maybe... Is. Maybe you just turn around and remember, oh, hey, we have the greatest Japanese junior heavyweight right over here. <laughs> right. I have that. a problem with that. Connor. I must say, I was I was writing about NXT this week, and I was like, listen, I'll watch Roderick Strong Kushida wrestle in my back garden. Right? I think they're two of the great wrestlers of the last 20. I love them both. Right. It feels kind of like – it feels like a little outdated to me that that's the cruiserweight. Like, that feels like saying that NXT shouldn't be doing that. Like, that, whole yeah. thing, that whole brand has been cruiserweights. I think those guys can hang in world title matches. You know, I mean, of course they can. It's Kushida and Roddy Strong. So, I, look, I'll watch those matches, but I have to say, it did cross my mind. Like, is that really NXT? Them guys are just cruiserweights now? I don't know. It's a weird one. You mentioned, you know, the, the yeah. heel and face, and we had the joke of going into the NXT in your house. Is Karrion Cross a heel or is he a baby face? We, we couldn't figure it out. He, and- he attacked a defenseless William Regal. Yeah, he's a heel now, but going into TakeOver, it's like, oh, which one is he? Because Adam Cole is just roasting this guy, and he kind of feels like, all right, maybe Cole's the baby face. It was, but it, we determined, okay, Kyle O'Reilly was like pretty much the only baby face in that yeah. match, and of course, he's the one who looks like the biggest dork. But now Kyle O'Reilly, you mentioned the, the <laughs> sense of morality, is like, Kyle O'Reilly now feels like he's just attacking Adam Cole and, and doing, I understand Cole did it first, but like, he just lost the match, and that's why you're attacking him now? Like, there is no – they tried to make Kyle O'Reilly cool Kyle, and it, it didn't work at all. I don't think that was the right thing for him. Now he's just it's just like the rest of them of like, hey, I'm just going to kind of attack this guy if they, if they did it to me first or whatever. It's like you need an actual just kind of like white meat baby face kind of on that yes. show, and they don't, they don't have any of that. You know, you know what it's like. This is listen. Hear me out here, guys. I'm going to go off the rails a little bit. Okay. You know when you're looking for something for a long time. Say you've lost your phone, or your keys, and you're looking, you're walking around, you're looking everywhere. Where are these? And then you ask someone, they go, "They're right here, dipshit." Here they are. They hand them to you. <laughs> Sometimes, man, you can get lost in your own. Just like you're going from one thing to the next, one thing to the next. NXT needs a booker to come in, and I mean a booker. I don't mean 45 writers that have different ideas. I mean a booker because that's what that show worked best as it when it was being booked. Mm-hmm. you need a booker just come and be like we need to reset and until they give someone that i'm not even going to criticize triple h about this because i think he's an example of what i just said where he's lost in it all like he's trying to adjust all the time oh they've taken this guy to do this now 
rather than taking a big picture look at the problems we just said about lack of baby veins and saying, we need to make a guy, he's trying to survive the next month. And that's when you end up with a Samoa Joe. Does that make sense? Like he's, he's basically trying to stay afloat. And that's the result of when you get into a wrestling war that I don't think they realized that was going to be what it ended up being. I didn't. I'll be frankly, I thought NXT was positioned to kick AEW's ass. I've said this on the show yeah. before. I really believe that. And it didn't go that way. And they found themselves turning left and right to change things. So I think basically now they're on Tuesdays, they'll be very well served. Obviously, Triple H is not leaving NXT yet, but he's, he's going to be there. He would be very well served to me to getting a new voice. And maybe it's an Adam Pearce going down there. Maybe, I don't know, you know. But I just Shawn think Michaels with his fucking ladders. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not that. And sometimes you can just get lost in these in these kind of whirlwinds. I think Raw has been that for years now. At least with those shows, though, you have the um, the draft to like you can reset. Then that makes sense. Like yeah. with this, they're just to me they're just going in a circle over and over again. It feels like it never it never goes anywhere. So. That's probably enough NXT now, I reckon. Fair enough. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about how they're losing people like a sieve, apparently? Yes, that <laughs> should be our next big topic, I think. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Let me let me catch up on Super Chats right fast. Uh, Bud Ryan says, Banner Day for the distraction. Pre-show seemed very cathartic, I guess. Uh, Luis was great on the before the Dynamite Patreon fire, moving out to live in the House of Black. Mm. Ryan, great friend of the, the show, we, making the we, graphics. Can we point out for a second that Black's new entrance theme is just dutch black metal and that's amazing that's awesome yeah that's very cool yes uh ricardo says cody says he doesn't have a heel bone left in him cody's Sorry, always been that. saying that he keeps saying like i'm not going heel i'm not going heel i'm not going heel this is how that's such a, dude that is such an elite phrase like that basically just says that every other heel on the show has like a they've got like a piece of dick left in their body but i am cleansed i'm pure from that <laughs> Uh, Music and Moon Salt Buddy Chris says that's why Rosenberg's take after the Hardy loss was so absurd. It's not about NXT, motherfucker. He's wearing the NXT title. Yes, exactly. Speaking of NXT, they're losing Adam Cole and Pete Dunn. They both signed with uh, All Elite Wrestling. <laughs> 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 you clipped up on that one. Uh, <laughs> Adam Cole and Pete Dunn, apparently their contracts uh, could be ending after, after SummerSlam. Sean, Sean Rossap says that similar situation in that they may have expired. They may have agreed to a little short-term deal, and that's where they're at. Uh, we also know WWE released Bray Wyatt uh, this past weekend. Connor, mm. you have you have the top pick in the draft. You're Tony Khan. You have the number one overall pick like he did with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. Who are you selecting with this top three? Nature Boy Ric Flair. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Because you, you left him off the board. Uh, uh, man. No one, like, no one had him on the top three. I'm going to be honest. I agree. <laughs> I know you do. We talked about this on Twitch. We talked about like, Yeah, we're, we're going to take Flair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would um, I, I would go with the Trevor Lawrence of that group, which is Adam Cole. It is He is established. He was the pillar of the NXT brand for so long. Of of that group, he's the one that I don't see going back because it's very clear that he has hit his ceiling. And what more could he possibly do on that show other than just redo, hey, I'll be triple crown champion again. I'll break the NXT championship record again. No, I can't imagine that being fulfilling. You go back to AEW, hey, you're surrounded by your best friends that you hang out with at company parties anyway. You're surrounded by your significant other. 
you've got a storyline that goes back to everything with the Bullet Club and Ring of Honor, them murdering him on being the elites. Someone's got to make that joke, by the way, the first time he comes back. I thought you were dead. Um, no, it's he, he's a perfect fit right there. Unlike on Raw or SmackDown, you can immediately slot him into the main event scene. He's the right guy. With Wyatt, man, I hope that guy goes just goes and acts. I hope he goes and bees in movies. Like he could be a fantastic actor. Because when you talk to people who are in the film industry who have worked with him, they go, It's been a long time since we've seen a creative mind like this. It almost feels like wrestling is not enough for him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Look, the thing with Adam Cole is I've been consistent. I expect him to stay. And the only reason I say that is I just, the way that he's conducted it, I think he's an absolute class act. I think in his mind, I think AEW is familiar to him in a way that he still has that dream of WrestleMania. And while his brain may say the main roster won't go well, these guys believe in themselves and he probably thinks, hey, I ain't Andrade. I'm not Alistair Black. I can do it. You know? Now, look, I think all of us analysts will say, I don't think it goes well for Adam. But he's, you know, he's got, I, I've, I've believed he's going to stay. Now, I'll say this, though. I think he will be very upset this thing is out there because it is at a point now where I think it could hurt his, this is going to sound terrible. Hear me out. I think it could kind of hurt his standing with his own fan base if it's just announced he signed a five-year deal. I don't think that's fair. Because it's his career, obviously. He should make the decision, you know, that, that he wants to make. However, I think his fans are the ones that are watching Dynamite every week. And I think those fans would almost be like, eh, fine. Okay, then you go enjoy yourself over there. And that growing perception as this story builds over the next two weeks and more, I think could be a real factor in his decision, frankly. And that, again, guys, that may sound harsh. I think it is harsh, you know. But, like, you just laid out all the reasons Connor, that you've seen the talk online. That's what everyone's saying. They're saying you could be a bigger star in AEW. You've got the story with the elite Brits there. And I think perception is reality with that stuff. I think it's a dangerous part of the story for Adam Cole's, you know, next career move. I've talked a little bit about the idea of him doing like a one year with NXT where he kind of waits for because look, this be real, man. CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, like if, <laughs> if they're coming into the territory, it's difficult for an Adam Cole anyway. But not they couldn't use him. I'm just saying it's Either way, the point is, I completely agree with you that he's the top of the big board. Both, honestly, just in general, but especially for AEW. God, there's so many, you know, kind of pieces to play with there. So, no, I agree. Jeremy, I assume you have Bray at the top. Of course. Of course <laughs> I have Bray at the top. That's, why, why wouldn't I? They need creative minds like Bray Wyatt. I mean, how many, like, actual creative minds do they have in AEW on the level for that. of Bray Wyatt? I had, to, I had to refine it. It's been so long since we've used it. Uh, like, Bray can come in there and make the movies, right? Tony Khan, just give him free reign. They're doing a bunch of production stuff uh, with AEW. They want content to, to sign to HBO Max. That's the, the subscription service they're going to sign with, right? So Bray, films. Yeah, just so films. films. Do, do the Bray Wyatt lore films with uh, Alistair Black and everything. <sighs> I guess uh, so. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm taking Cole first. I think everyone knows that. I'm, I'm an Adam Cole baby guy. Okay, so... Um, where are we at on Pete Dunn? I think he's staying. I legitimately I, think Dunn is a guy no, who stays. I agree, but like, where are we on him as a talent? Oh. Like, where do we think, like, if you get him in eight, because I'll give you my perspective first. Like, 
I mean, he's a great match guy, but I mean, I could see him really struggling with how many great promos are in that promotion. Yeah. And I, I would, he's one of the few guys that are as great as he is that I may advise to stay there, frankly. Like, because you can tell Triple H, I mean, they love him in NXT. And that's a fair gig, you know? Like, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? How does a Pete Dunn look in an AEW potentially? I would almost have him go to New Japan and New Japan yeah. strong before I would AEW, just because, like you said, that field is getting crowded. And the one thing he's not great at is promos. Yeah. And Joe, you know this better than I do because I don't follow Brit Rest that well, but it seemed like he you was. Know, able to- I probably follow it as much as you. It seemed like from what little I saw of like progress, he was able to get around that facts when he was back right. in his home country. But well, that's why I think New Japan's a good comparison on your part, because the idea would be if you can have if your product is here is the match on this day, well Pete Dunn's money in that because he doesn't miss. He could have good matches with us free. But if you're doing a weekly product where you're alongside Moxley, Kingston, Darby, even with his vignettes, Sammy Guevara, all these guys, I could definitely see a world where he becomes like just not just another guy. I mean, he's Pete Dunn. But like, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot to what you're saying. He feels like a guy that we all instinctually are like, oh, he's staying. Yeah. Right? He feels if that he, way. If he came in with the rest of British Strong style, I get it. Mm. Yeah, that's the same thing. It, the report didn't say anything about bait or seven situations. I... Yeah. I, the thing with this stuff is, I mean, the real story here, obviously, is it would be an honest. AEW doesn't need anyone, let alone Cole and Dunn at this point, right? Their roster's beyond that, needing anyone. But, like, I honestly think if you had Triple H draw up his favorite guys in NXT, I think there's a chance that Cole and Dunn top the list. And the fact that they've got in this position with them is, like... Listen, man, I don't want to give another weird analogy on this show, God forbid, but, like, sometimes you can be so far ahead in a race you don't realise how shitty you start racing. And suddenly now there's a whole lot of holes in that system that are becoming, like, obvious because there's another option, you know? And, and I don't mean to say, I don't, look, I don't want to dismiss TNA when I say that because they've been around for the last 20 years. But, like, if you go and sign for TNA at the height of TNA, 2007, 2008, okay, well, your gig goes from I toured the world as a professional wrestler to Sometimes I go down to Orlando Studios and tape some TV. With AEW, brother, you're about to just do the same gig on another channel. Two nights a week, live TV, bigger rooms. No house no... shows, no house right. show loop. And it's like, I, I think this is a situation we haven't had in over 20 years. And what you're seeing is WWE have kind of built in these weird, like, corporate issues that, frankly, because of their, their power over the rest, they've never had to pay the price for. I don't know if they're going to lose Cole or Dumb, but if this stuff's happening, man, like... It's not good. <laughs> I mean, understatement of the year, but it's not good. What shocks me about the, the Cole situation isn't that the story got out, because the story always gets out. It's that yeah. the, is that there wasn't an update the next day saying, yeah, he signed a new five-year deal. The, right. the story the next day was, yeah, they haven't offered him an extension. And you go, how? Um, unless that, that's like – I'm a Chiefs guy. That's like not signing Mahomes – and going like, wait, when do you? When does your contract end? Two days from now. What? Like, how do you? How do you get to that point? I mean, I like. I think there's a chance that that's just part of. Like, Cole has said to them, "I'm going to get SummerSlam. We'll talk." And that may be it, but Maybe. I'll offer a counterpoint that I think we probably at times as wrestling fans miss is like, dude, is there a chance that Nick Khan is sitting there and going, "Wait, so you're telling me he's this big star? Do you like NXT's doing six hundred thousand views." 
So, like, why are we going to pay him $500,000 a year? As wrestling fans, that sounds outrageous to us. We know how great Adam Cole is, right? Mm. We know that it'd be a big deal for the other game in town. But, like, I mean, you could say that Bray would be a big deal. You could say that Alistair Black would be a big deal. Yeah. Right now, man, it seems like they're looking at talent as just, like, name, number, you know? Like, and we have to remind ourselves of that because that's what they're at right now. They're cutting guys without any kind of hesitation. It wouldn't shock me at all if that was the exact conversation that was had with Bray and not just because of how much money he was making, but Khan looking at it and going, wait, how often is he off TV? How many matches is he actually doing? Well, we got to get rid of him. It doesn't matter that, you know, his family has been involved with this company for decades. Yeah, and, and this is – I talked about this on one of the recent cuts. Sorry, Jeremy, I, I know I'm going around here, but I, I just to put a bow on that, like when there was cuts recently, and when this happens again, because it will happen again, unfortunately, I'm gonna tr- I will try my best to be less kind of cynical about it, but we have to be honest about the situation. As a wrestling fan, a fan I see Ruby Riot and I see Shotzi Blackheart and I see two great pro wrestlers, and I can tell you which Ruby's better at and which you know, Shotzi's better at. I don't think they like see any of that when they're looking at the books. They see, well, we could call Josie Black. They fit a similar demo, they sit a similar profile, but Ruby's making this much. If we call, you know, Josie Black, she can make a little bit less. We improve our books. Next quarter report, we have a better number. That's outrageous to me because my mind with wrestling is always talent. You see every talent as this is what that guy's seen is. I need to push him here. I think, you know, and I'll use a different example. I love Ruby. I'll use a different example. Braun Strowman. You know, to him, he, they may look at that and go, Braun's making almost seven figures, but if we just push Omos or Karrion Cross, pushing Karrion Cross, good one. But, you know, we can get another big guy to do what Braun does. And the sad truth that we all have to kind of get used to is, unfortunately for now, that is the system they've built where they kind of can do that. That sucks. Don't be wrong. I hate that. Wrestlers are the stars to me always and forever. But, like, that's the point of having a system where the brand's the attraction, right? You don't need no stars. You are the – and that may backfire, but it is what it is right now. I, I think that's the issue is that yes. it's, like, starting to backfire and Absolutely. just how many viewers they continue to run off and everything because people are growing attached to these wrestlers, and then you release the wrestler. It's like, okay, well, you've, you've let go of my favorite – the rest of your show kind of sucks. It's not like I'm attached to this other guy. So why why am I tuning in? And, you know, they'll, they'll bring back Cena. They'll bring back Goldberg and they'll get – but, like, Cena's back. Cena's on – you know me. I love John Cena. They're doing the same numbers they're doing on SmackDown before he was back yeah. or anything. They get the one-night pop, and then nobody, like, actually sticks around for this stuff because – I do think they are running off viewers by by doing this kind of thing and being like, oh, yeah, Braun, even though we spent five years building him up, gave him a big Mania match, he was just in a world title match, we're just going to release him, and Omos is now the new Braun. People are like, I like Braun. I had an attachment to Braun. Now yes. I don't care about Omos, so I don't care about watching your product now. Go ahead, Connor. Of all people, the biggest company man Vince McMahon has ever had. Bigger than Hogan, bigger than Austin, bigger than Rock. The most loyal company man he's ever had is going on to an interview with USA Today and sneaking in a line. Because if you read the quote, it felt like, oh, I just, I'm just i going to sneak this line in right here that says, you can't keep relying on me if you want your future to be stable. I'm 44, yeah. and I've got another career that's making me a lot more money. I'm not always going to be around. Mm-hmm. But what are we looking at for SummerSlam right now? A match with him 
and a match with Goldberg. Yep. And even Edge, you know, Edge, Edge is in the third biggest male match. Like it's, and here's the thing when you talk about it backfiring, let's be real about this. If CM Punk goes back to WWE, that's a huge story for us to cover. Within two weeks, it's, he's, he's back in the system. Yeah, yeah, he's edged that. Yeah, he now, said the same thing. Here's the frightening part if you care about, like, if you're Nick Khan, I guess, and he's watching the show, I hope not. But if, if he is, yeah. okay? Yes. Is that maybe true for your system? But over there, because they treat their guys as attractions, CM Punk can have an event basically invented for himself and move 15,000 tickets. And that's when you get what, like, so in WWE's system, I know everyone's not a Bray fan, I'm not either, but let's be real. In WWE's system, Bray was able to be a merch guy. What if in an AEW world where he can really cultivate that fan base, he can actually become a true needle mover in the sense of tickets and in the sense of ratings? What if Malachi Black, who has this loyal fan base that we've seen online that I think wasn't even into AEW before that's paying attention on social, again, might not show him ratings, but I think it's happening. What if a guy like that rather than just being good for like YouTube numbers, start selling tickets because they're not going to have their legs cut out from under them over there. Yeah. And that's the big thing that I learned from CM Punk was like, he's, he's not even showed up yet, dude, but like the idea of him moved that many tickets. That's unfathomable in WWE, man. The, the name on the, on the marquee is SummerSlam. That sells the tickets. It's a different promotion. And the thing that may backfire is these these aren't all wrestling people, and they may not realize that Adam Cole, he may not move any of your numbers, but he can move some of theirs. And that's when you get into some interesting kind of, you know, what could be. But, hey, look, it's certainly not a boring landscape, right? Good no. Lord. Something's happening every other day. Music and Moonsault says, number one, Adam Cole stand here. I'll support whatever decision he makes. He seems uh, like he's very happy doing the party stuff, so that could be a big factor. I, everyone knows I'm an up, up, down, down fan. The thing with that is, like, they just, I know Breeze is still able to do this stuff. Like, they released Tyler Breeze, though. Like, they, they don't they don't have a loyalty to this the party stuff. Like, maybe Cole, he just like, oh, man, I can't leave my guy Cesaro and Woods. Like, look, there, there ain't nothing stopping them from, from next go-round looking at Cesaro's number and be like, wait a second. We're, he's making this much? We're doing this with him? Yeah, he's gone. Like, I understand it's, like, it's a business. These things happen. And if I'm Cole... Sometimes you got to have that mentality, though, of like, you know, they don't care about me that much. I've seen what they've done to my friends and my peers. I got to look out for myself here. I understand. I don't yeah. want to leave leave my friends in the Uno, but they could just as easily release me as they've released any of them. I mean, that's a thing, though, right? I mean, we don't have to. Yeah. I don't think we're going out on a limb to say that when these guys negotiate now, they're going to remember Gallows and Anderson's famous story of, you know, your future's safe here. Like, yeah, these guys will talk, and it doesn't mean they won't sign for WWE, which is still the dream job, right? That's the one they grew up watching, after all. And and you know that's going to happen. Guys are going to go there, but you'd be a fool to think that stuff doesn't show to the wrestlers. You know, we're all sitting here messaging DMing each other. The wrestlers are doing the same. <laughs> like, so it's it's a fascinating time. And the, you know, you mentioned Rick Flair earlier in jest, Connor, but he's an, a, another reminder to me of just like, man, everyone's on the board, right? Like, unless they're Roman Reigns, would you be shocked at anything at this point? It's craziness. And it will go it will go both ways, I'm sure. I'm sure eventually guys will go back the other way and it will be vibrant and it will be exciting. And that's what that's what I'm in the game for, man. That sounds that sounds fun to me. So we shall see how it all, it all pans out. Off-season stuff is always the most fun, right, mm -hmm. Joseph? 
Yeah, especially when your team's always upset you when they actually play games. So, yeah, it's definitely... What if if Adam Cole just decided to go silent on NXT? He's just like, ah, you know what? You guys kind of threw me under the bus at the last takeover. Or is this Ben Simmons bit? Yeah. (laughs) Just doesn't return. Just doesn't return Paul's calls at all. You know the the Paul. You know Paul threw him under the bus. He's like can't kind of can't really win with that. I would mate. Uh, I would buy an Adam Cole shirt immediately. <laughs> with that stuff. If we got a Sean Ross sat bomb about like Adam Cole stopped returning calls, he will no longer be on next <laughs> TV. I would be that would be tremendous. But anyway, by the way, I love that we were going to do this like dynamite talk, and in the end, we did like forty minutes on the free agency landscape of professional wrestling. But you know, Connor said before the show, he was like, "Listen, mate, Pete, done pretty interesting story. Hell right, it was an interesting story. Listen to us. We've gone off three hours, but." It's, it's, it's like, it's so wild, guys. I don't know when you started covering pro wrestling, Connor, but when I started talking about this bullshit on Fireball, it was the most boring. Everyone was just signing, and it was like, what's, you know, the elite were out there doing everything. Now, my God, it's, it's the opposite. But anyway, what were you going to say, Carol? Sorry. Uh, since, we, since we might want to talk a little bit about what actually happened on Dynamite, other than staying living, fulfilling Eddie Kingston's childhood dream, apparently. Uh, was that the real thing? Was that the real thing? Though? Hey, it, it looked it looked pretty real. And then, <laughs> then Darby was like, "You don't get to look long enough. I'm gonna kill you with my shoulder." <laughs> that spot ruled. God. Great spot. Um, so, how do we feel about the all out main event at this point? Because everyone is just assuming now that Christian making the mention of of Kenny that he's the main event right now. But if you put that on the poster right now. I don't think that's building the kind of hype they're hoping for. And the fact that they still went back to what they were doing with Paige mm-hmm. makes me think, yeah, do the Christian match on the first Rampage or the second in Chicago since you know it's a sellout. But still go ahead with Hangman at, at All Out. That Strike the iron while it's hot. So, firstly, I want to credit you, Connor, because you remembered that we put that in our headline, and we should probably talk about yeah, that's it sometime. Where I was going <laughs> next, actually. I truly appreciate it. Um, it's nice to have a professional on the show. Normally, it's looking just out us for two. you. <laughs> now, look, I, I'm going to say this much, okay? I don't think it's Christian. I think you are correct, Connor, in your kind of like you were talking about options. That was like the United Center match to me, because while that show is built around you know punk, you need to like have something to advertise, right? Like that's a massive match for a TV anyway. I'll say this, and before I go any further, I'll put the disclaimer that I do not particularly want this or think it makes sense. Do not dismiss the fact that Meltzer just randomly was like, yeah, Eddie Kingston, maybe. Like, I was like, I watch all of the shows, and I don't see where you're getting back to King. The last two C shows, he's won singles matches. He was on Dynamite in a six-man with two of their biggest baby faces. I think there is a chance that they use Kingston as basically like, our crowd won't shit on that match right I, and and listen i wouldn't as a kingston fan i think that would pro, i wouldn't really like that because to me you've hit that i mean you've gone that way too many times now if that's like the thing you do with eddie before he rebounds and beats miro after ash that that works right it's another pitbull before he gets up i would just say when listen we all know dave he's pretty open <laughs> about who he talks to yeah i would say it's not a coincidence that he said it's not Hangman, it's Christian, which we all guessed, or maybe Eddie Kingston. Yeah, That's all I would say. But, you I, know, I, I'm just I, throwing stuff out there. A thought about that popped in my head last night because yeah. Meltzer kind of doubled down. He didn't just say that not only is Hangman versus Kenny not the main event, Hangman's not even on the show right now. And it got me thinking, you know, 
if there were ever a storyline where everybody in the back looks around and goes, feed fake stories to the media. Uh, a story that is as old as their world championship itself. I feel like that's when you when you pull the trigger on that and you go, feed Dave something false. Play into the fact that people are disappointed. Keep pushing Paige down so that when he finally gets up, everyone loses it. Yeah. So real quickly, I'm going to put this super chat for music and moonsaults. Feels like they wrote Hangman off last night. Seems bad. You know, we we talked about the stories. Hangman's not in the main event. He's not even on the show reportedly. I think if like if you're not doing it here, it's not that I'm losing faith that they're they're not going to do it. I understand he's having a kid. Uh, um, his wife's having a kid, uh, and so he he needs that leave and everything. You know, making him the world champion. Is that what you want to do? I still say you make him world champion, have Miro beat him on the next Dynamite. God didn't want him to be champion very long. Um, <laughs> but like, you can go back to it. My issue with all of this is like, if you're going with like Kingston, we're a month out from this pay-per-view. Like you've got to, you've got to strike on something right now. Like Christian, all right, I can kind of see you've been sort of building it up. He's the number one contender. I've always said Christian first rampage. It doesn't look like they're going to go that route. That Chicago rampage makes a lot of sense right there. If you're going Kingston, you have you have the thread from earlier this year, but there's been no inkling of no. like Kingston and Kenny over these last couple of months. And this is this goes back to an issue Joseph and I have talked about with their pay-per-views. It's like sometimes they're just like throwing stuff in these final couple of weeks and be like, hey, this is what we're going with. Come see our pay-per-view. And like you can't always do that, especially with your world title. Because the last world title match is like, hey, here's a triple threat match that we just kind of put together two yeah. weeks before where Pac and Orange Cassidy had nothing to do with the world title picture. Uh, leading right. up to this pay-per-view. I don't, I don't like that. I don't think that's good. No, I agree. So I think in this case, last week we we both thought that Hangman was the end game. I know Bob's supposed to be here. I don't care. We're going to keep talking about this. It's fun. Um, <laughs> now, I think there is a chance that circumstance involved with, with Hangman, and I don't know what the situation is with his, you know, soon-to-be kid, but I, I, I don't know. Now, um, it could also be, and I think this is fair, though I don't like it, I think there is a chance they've just said, listen, guys, this punk in Chicago thing is, you know, it's transformative. We just put Kenny on an undercard world title match, which I don't, again, I don't like this, but I get it. Now, the other option is, are we building to another multi-man tag? So last night we saw Sting interact with Eddie and Moxley for the first time. Is there a chance you get some sort of insane 10-man tag where Sting is in that thing with those guys against the super elite, you throw maybe another baby face in there, maybe a punk. I don't know who. Because we have to remember when pay-per-views come around, Sting is in the like he's in the booking list here. Like he could be booked. He was in a tag last yeah. time. I don't think that's unlikely. The only reason I say it is because I think Punk and Darby's the main event of the show. So that takes Darby out and you know, you take Sting out too. But I think we should be very aware that there's a chance they do a like all-star tag. So it wouldn't surprise some people have mentioned Jay White and G.O.D. versus the Elite. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if you run that as your co-main behind, um, uh, you know, Punk and Derby. Or you could also, so I mentioned, I think, earlier in the chat, you could easily circle back to Orange, who got completely robbed at the last pay-per-view. That has more story than Kingston at this point, which is like, dude, Eddie, he last interacted with Kenny like a long time ago, four yeah. months. Yeah. <laughs> Give or take, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of options on that. I, but I agree with your main point, Jeremy, which was, and we've talked about it before, I would prefer these pay-per-views for like the conclusion of arcs, but I think we all have to kind of get used to like, 
they see TV as more important. So naturally they kind of conclude arcs there. I guess. I don't know. It do, isn't traditional. Do they make the mistake of rushing Punk and Omega? If Punk shows up at that okay. rampage and then they, he turns around and goes, guess what I want? That yeah. nice Johnny belt you got right there. Dude, I, I have to say, the idea of Punk doing that, losing, and then becoming like the biggest dick would be absolutely incredible. Do you imagine Punk? He comes in, he demands a title shot, so you immediately set this to the table for like, this guy's kind of an entitled prick, right? But he's a baby face. He loses and immediately comes out. This place sucks anyway. I don't even need that bell. I'm the best in the world. I'm getting paid more than all these. Like, I, I must say, I think there is a real chance that on day one, Punk, like, because he loves shocking people. You know, you remember with Ring of Honor when everyone thought he was leaving the territory and he won the belt instead? And he was like, I'm going to throw the view with this thing. That signs do the contract be, on the belt. There you go. And do not be surprised. If he comes out there on the first show, Chicago, the hero, and he gets the mic and he's like, I don't want to be here at all, but I'm getting paid so much money that I have to be. Drops the mic and leaves. Like, there's a lot of move. And it, oh, by the way, guys, it appears that Brian Danielson's coming into the promotion too. Like, there's a lot going on. And that's why, and I think they've earned our trust on this. I'm going to, I'm going to do it, guys. I'm going to trust the process regarding mm. this whole thing because, man, is there a lot going on right now? It's certainly like, has you tuning in, right? Because like, remember with Hangman, I agree with Chris if I like, wrote him off last night. But remember, the whole point of that segment was, I have something to say. He never got to say it, right? Unless I missed yeah. it. So there's a lot going on there. We, we shall see. James Edward Smith says, Camille wearing her highest heels popped me. Yes. Of women's stuff on the show is very promising to me. Yeah. And it all I feel, worked. I feel like it broke Layla there for a second because she like walks up to her and then she looks down and goes, oh, you're wearing heels. <laughs> by the way I, I do want to say that Britt Baker's become a really good promo and I think over the last like two months she's actually leveled up again Yeah, I think Red Velvet has really got like an innate confidence to her man like I remember vividly when they brought her out to replace Brandy for the Shaq stuff and she cut that promo down the camera I'm not saying she's like you know going to win best promo or anything. like she's she has a very natural believable confidence and charisma I really think it says a lot they trust her with that match next week I right. hope it goes well because I think highly of both of them, obviously. Yeah, it's, it, it'll be. Oh, sorry. You're fine. Uh, James Edward Smith always says, I think Malachi's damaged by WWE allows him to see what things in AEW look look like <laughs> WWE things and then he kills them. Nah. That's actually awesome. What was, what was you going to say, Connor, about the, the red yes. velvet thing before? Just that. No, I think she'll have, a, she'll have a fine little match next week. Rose will come out at the end, be like, hey, yeah. I want that rematch. And that's how we get probably one of the bigger matches for all out is because that they just been sitting on that. There hasn't even been so much See, as a match. That's the part. thing, man. Like we have got to be fair here. If all out features Moxley Tanahashi, Britt Rosa too, and Darby Punk, like I get just being like, ah, Kingston will be fine out there with Kenny. They won't kill him. You know, but they you, won't boo him or anything. The thing is you still want that big buy rate and you'll get yep. it. But this just keep piling on if you can. I get you've got, that. Yeah. You've got bigger stuff coming down the road anyway. You've got Arthur Ashe. They'll end the year with full gear. They'll build the something at the for the new year. Go with it's everything it's you have right now. If this is supposed to be your WrestleMania, because I've always seen it more as like, this one is the spiritual successor to All In, so it has yes. more of a connection to being their big event than Double or Nothing does, regardless of venue. 
Yeah, I would agree. And, I, I, and the thing that I don't like about it too is it happened at the last pay-per-views, right? Like, Kenny on the last pay-per-view, as Jeremy pointed out earlier, it felt like he was like an afterthought. That's a great match. I love the match, the triple threat, but it did feel kind of, well, we'll do this. That that kind of ticks a couple boxes. I, yeah. I think it's a problem, right? Frankly, I, I do think it's something they want to avoid. You know, Kenny is framed as the greatest wrestler, like, on earth slash ever on that show. His title matches should feel like the centerpiece of your pay-per-view promotion. I'm willing to let it slide if it's a case of CM Punk taking their eye off the, the ball slightly because it's a big deal. You don't want to get into a habit of this, though, man, and they're getting there. Like, this is too straight if it happens. So it's definitely something to watch. I don't want the pay-per-views to feel like $50 dynamites. And yeah, I understand you're going to get the, the big matches and stuff, and, like, it's cool and it's great. But, like, if I'm going to invest this TV time and you're going to continue to tell these stories and you're going to drop these Easter eggs and stuff – I want to put down my $50 and be like, all right, this stuff is going to get paid off here finally. Not like, oh, cool, you're just giving me kind of like a super card. Like, that's great, but you can yeah. get great matches yeah. like like anywhere. I want I want to be rewarded for for watching the television and enjoying the television by paying the $50 for, for the pay-per-view. That, that's just what, yeah, that's just how I feel about they, things. They've done this a lot be, with the pay-per-views. These can't be Impact Plus events. These, these got to <laughs> feel like real pay-per-views. And the question of, because you two have brought this up before, and I've always wanted to ask you both, does AEW, oh, oh, let me back up. So WWE has a rhythm to how their year works. The Rumble sets you up for Mania in April. Then there's a lull period. Then it builds back up to SummerSlam. And then yeah. it's a lull for the rest of the year. Maybe something catches fire with Survivor Series, but usually not. But the fact that you know the rhythm of the year is it tells the fans, hey, you should tune in in January and you should really start tuning in in March because that's more building up to our biggest show of the year. The fact that AEW has never come out, planted their flag and said, this is our mania. This is our Wrestle Kingdom. This is our triple mania. Like they haven't said which one of these is their big one. If they did that, do you think it would make it easier for them to go, okay, this is our mania, so then full gear is our no mercy or extreme rules? It's it's not the yeah. pay-per-view, but so we don't need to have as lofty of an expectation. Well, I think that full gear, as much as I loved last year's one, I do think they see that as like the tier below the other three. The other three, I think every build they convince themselves that's the WrestleMania. I'll be honest with you, man. I mean, there's a lot to be said for being like, this is our one, but that promotion is so hectic and so new and wild and there's so much stuff going on. I kind of think you just be organic with it and like you'll get, you'll figure it out. Does that make sense? Like there's so much moving. Does that hecticness get fixed if you go, okay, we know what we're building to with this. We're not just going, eh, this is hot right now. So put it on right. that double or nothing revolution if you go no I guess, all out is our mania so we're building to that we might even use the pay-per-views to help build to that because like you said with double or nothing we had a world title match that really had no it was great but yeah, there was but no it was, behind it had no it real reason to exist if if double or nothing were positioned as that mania that wouldn't happen absolutely no, i agree but i just i guess it I guess it comes back to the idea is, is that kind of chaos a feature or a flaw? So, like, in that scenario, definite flaw, right? You want Kenny to have something with more meat on the bone than that. And I, look, I'll say this much. I think when Moxley was champion, other than Brody, which had a lot of issues because MJF couldn't get with it, it was stuff was moving there because it was right at the start of COVID. Right. You know, I think Kingston felt like, uh, my God, I need to see these guys. So I think MJF, to an extent, I didn't love all of that program. I think they, they, you know, they got there. 
Um, I think it's a very fair question, but I think this could be, and I've, I've mentioned this myself as like a criticism of my own analysis, where I, my brain is the TV promotes the pay-per-view, right? And I think they see it as a much more 50-50 dynamic. And I, a good example of that is Moxley dropped the belt on, you know, Winter is Coming, the Dynamite special. Yeah. Now, the key, I think, Connor, is what happens when they add these these specials, these TV specials, these Clash of Champions-style events? Mm-hmm. That could either add more balance or it could make the pay-per-views even less of a priority. That's the big thing to kind of watch as they move into this next. Like, So I guess that's 2022 they're going to start, though. So yeah. it's definitely interesting. I, I think it's a very worthwhile conversation to have, definitely. I think when you have just four, like they have, like all of them kind of need to be treated. Because – you know, WWE kind of has their big point. They've obviously lessened the value of some of them, especially Survivor Series, which is just brand supremacy nonsense. But back in the day, uh, they had yeah. their big four. They built to those. They made all of them feel different, feel special. Like I think that's what AEW should try to capture more than just, all right, let's make one our WrestleMania, one our Royal Rumble, whatever. Like Just make them all kind of just feel special, give them all their own little attention because you only have four of them. You're using these Dynamite specials. Especially events, and now they're doing dynamite specials literally every single week. So they're trying to make all of them feel special. Like mm-hmm. Joseph said, yeah. they're going to have the the new specials in 2022 that are like Clash of Champions. Like, all right, is this going to be like? Are you still going to keep doing your dynamite specials? Like, are you actually going to build to these? Like, how if you just make every week feel special? And they've done a great job of this. Don't don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah, like, yeah. Five weeks, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like 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 we said at the top, like every week it just feels like this party, and it's been great. But I do think, especially if you're going to charge. Like you've got to make it, you've got to just reward that audience for being I like, agree. all right, I've, I've tuned in. I've followed the story. Give me the payoff here. I, the payoff shouldn't come on television. Not when I'm paying 50 bucks for this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, all right, I'm just paying to see a great match. It's cool. It's definitely one of those things that I think we're all adjusting to the shift in kind of the way these promotions make money, right? So like there was one recently when they move Ray and Roman to SmackDown rather than um, the network, you know, Hell in a Cell, yeah, that like melted my mind. There's like just wrestling, but like it just made no sense to me. Then you kind of stop and you go, Well, I mean, they make how much from Fox? They make how, like, and that's where you, you run into this weird problem. So I could say to you very logically, they make this much from pay per view, they but their real income is they need these TV rights. And you could very fairly say that, okay, stop charging me 50 bucks then. And then we run into this kind of brick wall where it's like, I agree with you. I don't think they have the answers fully yet. And the problem with that stuff is you're never going to hear, like you're just never going to hear Tony Khan really talk about that openly because like he doesn't want to make the pay-per-view seem lesser than. Yeah. But it definitely, if Hangman wins that belt at Arthur Ashe, that will be two lengthy title reigns ended on TV. Like at that point, what are, what are people buying? I think they're getting great shows, but like, it's de- it, yeah, it's a real thing for sure. The- they're getting Impact Homecoming, which I was in the crowd for and did not see a single screen cap. I'm very disappointed. That was a good show, by the way. I actually watched that. Jeremy Jeremy bullied me for trying to review that on Twitch. I would like to know. It was a great show. I, I really enjoyed it, Joseph. You know, I had a lot of thoughts on that on Twitch. You didn't get the Sean Ross Sapp treatment where they put you on every 30 seconds? So I'm not in the front row, but uh, there was definitely a few times where the camera was looking right at me. So I was kind of like, uh, 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 hi. I did, like, I didn't know what to do. You should have, Sean paid like good money to be on camera that often. Did. did you not, did you not slip to more like a hundred or something? <laughs> no, 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 no. Although I, I, I have a great story from, from uh, Slammiversary. So the venue so i show up to the show like 
after they've let everybody in through the lines already. So I show up to the venue and the line that they had set up is tucked away over to the left side, but the Uber pulls me up to the front door and I just walk right in. The door's not locked. I walk through another door and proceed to be with just every wrestler that's there. <laughs> and I see Cardona walk by. I see Chelsea Green walk by. It's like, oh, they don't know you're here. Uh, and I'm just looking around. Like, I'm walking like I'm supposed to be there. Like, I, I, I had like a collar. I looked a little professional. Like, I had like slacks and a collar shirt on. So it's like, okay, maybe they think I'm supposed to be here. I eventually just go up to Tommy Dreamer and I go, have you seen Ross? And he's just like, yeah, let me let me go take him. I'm like, thank God, because I'm wandering around aimlessly. And here's Kenny Omega walking by. Please don't look at me, Kenny. You, uh, did, it, you did it wrong, Connor. I, you go up to Tommy Dreamer and you'd be like, so what, what spot are we running? <laughs> you know Tommy's working. He's working oh, all these shows. Of course, and he actually didn't work the next show. Uh, <laughs> but I was just like, man, how the hell am I back here right now? That's amazing, <laughs> dude. Sense. That is a great, like, the business has changed. Like, imagine how many barriers there would have been between you and the boys in, like, 1990. You know, and now yeah. you just, oh, the door's open. How oh, everyone? Kenny, how are you doing? <laughs> the, the only person I didn't see was Jay White, so thankfully that was not ruined for me. Oh, man. You would have gotten a spoiler there. Yeah. Blade says, does the roster bloat take away attention from youth? I assume you're talking AEW, only if they allow it to. Yeah, yeah it's, it's up to them, man. I mean, they, Lee Johnson last night got over in defeat, and it's it's a matter of knowing your priorities. And if you rotate the roster as well as they have thus far, you, you're going to be okay. Now, I will say, and we talked about this earlier with Cody, and I mentioned Kingston too. If you've got 100 possible stories, you're going to meet like some, you know, you may not be able to tell the Lee Johnson ascension as you would if you had 20 guys on the roster. Yeah. That's just, you know, it's to give a comparison. We love our basketball talk here, as you know, Connor. Listen. When you sign LeBron, Brandon Ingram's progression is going to slow down a bit. You try and win a championship, you know, like it is. You try, you try to win at the end of the day. But that's yeah. it's a good question. But that's where I think they're at. I, to answer the question, like the fact that they had one of their big four like welcome tour specials end with Ethan Page and Darby Allen, despite yeah. having all these other things happen, that's your indication right there that yeah, you know what, youth is going to be as big a part of this as Punk and Brian is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a variety, man. Um, Joel Pell mentioned that Bob O'Neill has been waiting for 20 minutes, which seems bad, but <laughs> should, we do, should we do it now or should we just keep making him wait? <laughs> just keep making him uh, wait. He's been back there. He's, I see him backstage. He's like rubbing his hands. Like he's getting ready. He's like LeBron with the chalk, like throwing up and everything. He's like, come on, guys. I'm ready, I'm ready to check in here. There hasn't been a TV timeout, O'Neill. Like we, we're not doing intentional fouls or anything here to bring you in the game. So you just, just got to wait, all right? You know, we're doing big picture dynamite stuff. I'm going to just do one more here before we cross it off. Okay, fine. Do you, do you, are you guys like next week's dynamite is interesting, right? They only announced three matches. Mm-hmm. And I love the machine gun, Carl Anderson, but they're not like, you know, they're not like, you're not jumping off the, <laughs> jumping out your seat. Do you worry that their approach is let's just give them like a steady dynamite so then it can set the, lay the you know, foundations for an epic rampage. And then the next week they did the same as they do Christian and Kenny, maybe. Do you worry that becomes a trend where they prioritize week to week, one show over the other? Because here's the thing. I think we all agree talent-wise they don't have to. They have enough pieces to go around. I will say, though, that after five weeks of can't miss television, I knew they couldn't keep up that. 
I, I didn't think it was great to have the big match advertised being Jericho and Wardlow. I thought that was a misstep, frankly. So yeah. what do you think, Connor? Do you think that's something to watch with the introduction of Rampage? Is that something to be just a little weary of? So I thought that after, because they had the four shows and each had a name. And then they had this week's Dynamite, and I thought, okay, this is going to be the cool-off. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, Hoovy's here, and Alistair's making his debut, but this is going to be kind of a step back from that. And then the best thing of the night winds up being a six-man tag match that they yeah. announced the night before. Yeah. And I went, son of a bitch, they got me again. This was great. So I, I'm not worried so much about them trying to take focus from one or the other. If if there's a match on Dynamite that gets announced for Rampage days later, I'm not upset about that because I think that is how we get Kenny Christian. And hey, you know what? Get more eyes on the new product. But right. no, I don't. I don't think Rampage coming in is going to pull from whatever they've got for Dynamite. Next week's might be a calmer one, just because hey, we we hit them with our haymakers for five weeks. We we need to reload for a second, and that's just naturally how things will play out. I do yeah, I agree. I do. Go ahead, Jeremy. I do think they'll have to find that balance. And, and much like with the, the pay-per-views and then the specials starting next year, obviously the first Rampage, they had the, the women's title match. And look, we love Britt. Red Velvet hasn't been – I don't remember the last television match she had. Maybe maybe yes. someone. Like, it, you know, it, it seems like Britt, especially in her hometown – that she's going to win that match and it's fine. Hopefully, hopefully it's a good match and everything. I don't know what else they're going to have on that. I think they'll probably have like another kind of big match for it because it is the debut. We know that Chicago show uh, is, is going to be big, whether yeah. they, and they're not going to advertise who's going to be there, but we all expect somebody big to, to be there. And we do expect like some type of big match. Like they're going to, they're going to push rampage hard coming out. Maybe that means dynamite step takes a step back early on. They said they're going to try to treat the shows equally I do think they're going to have to try to find a balance between the two on top of the uh, the pay-per-views and then on top of the specials in 2022 because they can't. They just can't. It's just it's almost not feasible to do what they've done these past four weeks of like, hey, we just we're just throwing everything at you right, right. here, and it's just like the the greatest television ever for a month. It's it's very tough. It's to not. Do. You can't do you know Nick Gage death matches to close every show. You're absolutely right, but I will say. They have acquired such talent, they can come closer to it than they should be able to, frankly. And especially if they keep adding, like, because if you can rotate that crew, Ooh. is that the viewership? Yeah. Uh, see, that's where I kind of, that's when I say a misstep, I would want to leave that million people with a bigger hook than Jericho Wardlow. That's that's what I would say if I was being, you know, being critical. But look, they're doing well right now, man. You can't. I mean, you can dislike the product, but like, but, I mean, it's, at this point, if you're criticizing its kind of traction, like, man, I don't know. Joe, Joe, the hook of this week's show was, hey, you know, Malachi Black, yeah, he's that god from True Detective season one they were talking about. So <laughs> be afraid. Hey, that, by the way, I, I love that we talked about an hour ago now, but like, that is a hook in itself, right? The whole Cody, you know, so you, you get a good point there. We should bring Bob on now, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Robert O'Neill is here. Finally, we finally got the foul. Get you in the game. How you doing? Yeah. O'Neal? What's up, guys? How are we going? What's up? We're, we're good. We're, we're doing so good that loss. we delayed you for twenty-three yeah. minutes. So no, it's been great. good. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Connor, how you doing? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have to deal with this, Connor. No, it's kind no. of like actual. 
like actual good person. He's lowered himself to a Robert O'Neill. <laughs> what you got by the way, okay, by the way O'Neill has changed. Can I just point this out that he changed from the pre-show to the main show? <laughs> wow. Well, that's incredible. He's got yeah, the- no, I was, oh, uh, no, I was no, talking about wrestling to... on the pre-show, and I'm talking about basketball now, so I got my uh, Bucks. Oh, my God. He's actually wearing that shirt. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. Bob. <laughs> Do you want me to go and get my AEW hat, and we can see you like great big fucking dogs on it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, O'Neal, you ready? Do you have a topic? I have uh, NBA free agency and the Olympic basketball oh. team. So really, whichever one you prefer. I mean, I'll probably end up talking about both. three but... minutes. You can talk about what you want. Here we go, go Neil. Okay. So starting off with the Olympic basketball team here, like, you know, they were bad um, going in. You know, they lost the friendlies. They lost to France in the first round. So I'm like, I'm not going to care about this team. So I was home last weekend, started watching the Olympics, got sucked into them. And now here we are, you know, they're playing for the gold medal tomorrow. Um, But what I really want to talk about a couple things, first of all, Greg Popovich, I don't know how long he's going to be the coach of the national team because he's surprisingly not very good at it. Like you'd think, Oh, it's Greg Popovich. He's going to be fine. But, you know, uh, insists on playing uh, Bam Adebayo, who's not good, which might run into a problem tomorrow when they face Rudy Gobert. Um, someone who has been very good. Well, no, here's the thing though. Gobert's been good. Like he was good against Italy, but they don't have bigs, you know, whatever. But you know, who has been very good and is quickly becoming one of the best players in USA basketball history is Kevin Durant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, Durant's the all time leading scorer now. Um, I know a lot of people don't care for Kevin Durant because, you know, he went ring chasing or, you know, he has burner accounts or whatever. Kevin Durant rules, okay? He's been good since he was at (laughs) – Fuck Kevin Durant. (laughs) Dude, that was only a minute. I left and came back. (laughs) O'Neal's done. I, I was going to point out that I'm wearing a Wyoming shirt, so like the <laughs> the brand loyalty continues. <laughs> Dude, this is getting screenshotted and like DMs of Sean Ross. Have you really stand for this kind of bias on your show? I'm going to tell you something now. <laughs> oh, Neil, you can leave. I'm not putting you back on. There's no Kevin Durant uh, praise on this show. Yeah. He's got to stop back in Olympic athletes. It's gone poorly for him the last couple of days. Boy, I called him out of it on the pre-show. But anyway, I guess it's the end of the show, guys. <laughs> Connor, let everybody know where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter at ConnorKCCB. I got my review of the first six episodes of Heels coming out this weekend. Uh, you can find all my work over at comicbook.com. We are covering all of your favorite uh, geek and nerd culture, movie news, TV, anime, gaming, and yes, especially wrestling. Um, also, follow me on Instagram uh, at ConnorKCCB because I don't get enough love over on there. I don't put enough attention on there, but you should. Instagram's you not good. Don't don't even bother. Oh man, Instagram's the best. It's, for all, my, it's for all my gym stuff. That that's I don't even mention like what I do for a living. Oh, you're you're do, yeah. you're doing like workout selfies and oh, stuff yeah. on the Instagram. Oh, yeah. I'll you know. follow you. You got the thirst pics on there, Connor. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I save them for my stories typically, but yeah. Oh man, all right. I'm in now. I'm in. Joseph, you need any plug? 
I just, I guess the Patreon, right, Jeremy? We, we've actually, we should say this, but we have invested like a month's worth of patron money into building that thing because we're going to do the stream yards more often now, right, Jeremy? We're going to really, you know, put our foot down and try and, as I said on Twitch today, we can actually win this game now. We should try to win it. And that's where I'm at, man. We're, we're swinging for the fences. We're doing so much stuff. So we do appreciate all the support. It's been um, the last few months, man. Wow, what a ride the last time has been, both just covering this and also the support one here. So I appreciate all of that. Um, it does mean a lot. I appreciate you coming on, Connor. This was great, man. You need to come man, back on as soon as possible. Man, this was awesome. Thank you guys so much. And I'll I'll definitely try and come back on when you let me. Come I won't have to put a promo, hopefully, next time. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to talk to Joseph. You just got to ask to get booked, and, and Joseph will, will book you. Um I, I will say I'm going to out Connor here, and I apologize. Sean Rossap, oh, after uh, Impact Slam anniversary, he's like, a lot of people put over the distraction to me at Impact. And I was like, oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, Connor's a big fan. And I was like, well, Connor rules first off, but thank you, uh, Connor. Connor is an actual supporter of this show, and and I appreciate that, man, because. We, we feel we just do a bunch of dumb shit. So to have people like you like actually watch and support, it's great. Of course. So thank you, Connor. I appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome. And thank you for putting on this lovely program. <laughs> ah, let's not go that far. Uh, we'll be on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming in about five to ten minutes. Uh, Joel Pearl and Steven Jensen will be there the last time they'll ever be on Twitch because Impact <laughs> hates Twitch now. <laughs> and they've discontinued the Impact co-streams on Twitch. So we're going to let Jensen and Joel you know, have their, have their fun one last time on Twitch. And then they'll just never appear. On, on the Fightful Twitch ever again. So twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. If you guys want to head over there and hang out with us on Twitch. Guys, we appreciate all the support. We'll catch y'all next. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.